This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast for a Football Friday, week 16. We have reached the final three weeks of the NFL season. It began last night with the Rams holding off the Saints. So now the Rams, who everyone had just given up as this being a rebuilding year. No one even knew before the season if the head coach was going to come back. There were so many holes to fill. They had paid a heavy price for their winning. They knew that. They knew they had a lot of work to do, but they have uncovered some terrific young players, as we all have seen. Uh, and they have come on very strong, and now they're eight and seven, and they have a very good chance. And I think that when things shake out, they could even get in at nine and eight. I don't even think they're going to need ten and seven. They have uh, the Giants and the Niners left. The Niners most likely they could have wrapped everything up as far as the one seed before the last game it's possible but more than likely they're going to need to win the game to put pressure on somebody else to win the game i think I, I, that can't we'll know better after week 17 but um the rams now have a about i'd say about a 90 percent chance of making the playoffs considering the way they're playing and the way things are going to fall out i think you can pretty much count on the rams and the Cowboys, and then who's going to be that other team? Rams, Cowboys, or Eagles, I should say, to be fair. One winning the division, one being the uh, five seed, and then the Rams, and then one other team will sneak in. And that will come from, uh, I mean, the most likely is the Vikings, who have games left twice with the Lions, and with the Packers. Um, the Packers at 6-8 and eight are... They have to win all three and hope for the best. Uh, if they won all three, they'd have a chance, a good chance, I think, because like I said, I think somebody's getting in. And I think those, uh, the Saints, Bucks, and uh, Falcons will take care of themselves, and none of them will compete, I don't think, in essence, for the wild card. So I, I would think most logically it's when the smoke clears, you have a very good chance it's going to be the Niners, the Cowboys or the Eagles, the Lions, uh, the Bucks are the favorite in that division. Then the Cowboys or the Eagles will be the five, the Rams, and then either the Vikings or the uh, Seahawks, I think, will be the last team, most likely, uh, in the NFC. Now, uh, first, let me take this time to wish everybody a very, very healthy uh, and happy and safe holidays, especially safe holidays with all the... Uh, warnings that are being uh, thrown around around the world let's hope for a very uh quiet and peaceful uh christmas and new year's um wish you all a very merry christmas uh happy hanukkah and where and whatever holidays you uh, celebrate and then of course a very safe 
new year if we don't see you until the uh, start of the uh, 2024 campaign. Now, one thing aside from football for a second, I know that last night's Yamamoto decision left some coal in the stockings of both Met and Yankee fans. I actually was surprised it got as heated as it did this competition for this player. And I, and I thought the Dodgers were a big threat all along because of the presence of Atani and the fact that the Dodgers didn't have to spend all that much money considering the deferral of all that money in the Atani contract. So Atani was good to his word. He wants to win. And I'm sure he sold that to Yamamoto by saying, hey, listen, you know, we can come and we can dominate American baseball or hopefully dominate American baseball. Atani made it very clear he wanted to win. I think he got his fill of losing with the Angels. So um, his contract made the Yamamoto contract possible. And now the Dodgers, hey, on paper look very strong. They could still use some work in their pitching staff, but so can everybody else. And if you are a free agent pitcher right now, if you are Snell, who I've always liked. I know some people get on for being inconsistent and an inconsistent personality and everything else. But you know what? I've always been a, a, a Snell backer. I've always thought he's pretty good, darn good. And uh, I would think unless his representation just really screws it up, he's going to get a lot of money. There's no question about it because now there's some teams desperate. Let's be honest. Yankees need starting pitching. Mets starting pitching, as I've told you since the day the season ended. The Mets starting pitching. I mean, they need so much help in the starting rotation. It is ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen a team that hopes to compete go into a starting uh, into a campaign with less starting pitching in a long time. I mean, they need a lot of work. So it's gonna it's gonna really lift anybody out there who has any ability as a starting pitcher is going to get a, uh, I think a very, very uh, good contract considering the amount of demand there is for starting pitching out there. And am I surprised he went to the Dodgers? Not at all. Really not at all. I always thought they were, I always thought they were a bigger threat and I didn't, you know, follow it day to day like some people did because I just didn't care enough. Uh, but I, I felt let him go where he wants to go and we'll see, you know, now let's see if he actually is as big a factor in the 2024 season as everybody felt he would be because a lot of times starting pitchers don't turn out to be as big a factor because of injury and the way the season breaks and how many games they actually, you know, impose their will on and everything else. So let's see how that unfolds, but I'm sure he's a very talented player. There is also talent behind him coming from, you know, that part of the world. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. But if you were a starting pitcher right now, you'd be all smiles after last night because there are a lot of teams that are in need of starting pitching and not a lot of starting pitches to go around. All right, but back to the uh, week, which will upset some households along the way. You know, it's funny. I'm sure some people think the Pats and the Broncos at 815 will upset some people on Christmas Eve. That's an easy game to turn off. The hard game to turn off is if you celebrate Christmas Eve as a, you know, very, very big holiday, as our family does as an example, Cowboys-Dolphins 
could cause some issues at 425. That game is 425. Um, there's a lot of people on Christmas Eve sitting down to eat during that time period where there's going to be, I mean, that's a big game to be on at that time. And I think that game causes more trouble than anything else because of where it's positioned at 425 on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, if you have Christmas morning, if you have little kids, Christmas afternoon is usually very laid back. You've already had Christmas Eve. You've had Christmas morning. Christmas is laid back. What's happened is the NFL has stolen Christmas Day from the NBA. The NBA used to use Christmas Day as a big coming out party. They have to be just rip-roaring upset with what has gone on with the NFL now, with the NFL putting triple headers up on Christmas Day and games that matter. The Raiders and the Chiefs at 1 o'clock, people are going to watch it. The Giants and the Eagles, hey, Eagles need the game in the worst way, and people are always going to watch the Giants. And then Ravens and the Niners, one of the games of the year, that's more relaxed, put your feet up, 8 o'clock on Christmas night. It's been a big couple of days, and you can sit back and watch some football at that time. And that game is going to be probably the game that decides the one seed. I'm a little taken by the nonsense from the Ravens. I thought the Ravens were a little more sophisticated as as a unit than to be so upset about what the point spread is on the game. I mean, that that I would think that's a bunch of made-up stuff because I cannot believe they would actually be that angry about the fact that they are being, you know, disrespected who cares what the point spread is on the game i mean go win the game and that's the bottom line go beat the diners if you're better uh and that's a good chance that those two teams because the ravens have gotten healthier on the offensive line their defense is good if they keep their quarterback healthy now the quarterback's got to prove he can win big games in the playoffs but that team i still think kansas city can iron out its issues because I think the defense is there, and I think you have seen them do the one thing they had to do, which was get Rice developed before the big games happen so that you can go back to Kelsey. Okay, teams have been taking Kelsey away. You go back to Kelsey when you can. You're always going to have Kelsey there as your number one threat. Then you have Rice as a established number one wide receiver. That's what had to happen for this team. Everything else, I believe, is in place for them to make a Super Bowl run despite their up-and-down play. And I would be surprised now at 9-5 if they lose another game the rest of the season. They're playing three backup quarterbacks. Um, they will, I think, beat the Raiders uh, probably fairly easily on uh, Christmas. I would think you'd get a good chief performance there in that game. And then they have a very comfortable schedule, just for schedules for a second, in these last three weeks. The easiest schedule the rest of the way is the Eagles. Now, the Eagles have lost three games in a row, including that heartbreaker in Seattle the other night. They play the Giants at home, the Cardinals, and then the Giants on the road. That is against – so if you add those records up, that's 13-29, and 29, the teams they faced the last three weeks. They don't come near a winning team. And I don't think they'll have too much trouble beating the Giants if they put their you know mind to their business. The two teams with the toughest schedules the rest of the way are the Ravens, who have the Niners, Miami, and Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's going to need that game the last week of the season. Uh, Lawrence might not play this week. They've already hit the skids. Uh, they are in a fight now for the division. Uh, they're going to need that game. And the other team is the Dolphins, 
who have the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. And that Miami Bills game has a chance to be a tremendous, tremendously big game the last week of the season. All right, let's run through the games for this week. Um, as we said, the Rams last night, impressive performance. And then, you know, it was 30-7. to 7. The final was 30-22. They put a couple of scores up. They never threatened to win the game. Uh, Rams moved the ball well. I thought they played uh, very well offensively in that game. I don't think the Saints are that good, to be honest with you. And I think the Saints made a couple of really bad coaching decisions in the middle of that game. Really, uh, I think it's been a very tough year for their coaching staff. Um, Two games on Saturday, the Bengals and the Steelers. Steelers were in a great position to go to the playoffs. They were 7-4. and four. Yes, they lost their quarterback. Then they lost at home to Arizona and New England. That's going to be what you're going to circle if they don't make the playoffs. If they won those two games, they're in the playoffs. They still have a chance, but now it's a, it's a small chance. They're starting Mason Rudolph, which is not a good sign. I mean, I'm not a Drabisky fan. I played against Trubisky every week. I've never been a fan of his. Now they go to Mason Rudolph, which says all you want about Trubisky. Uh, Bengals don't have Chase. Hurt, hurt his shoulder, he's out. Um, but they still have weapons. And Higgins is showing you he's a number one receiver and he's going to get a lot of money. This is going to be his last year with the Bengals because they can't pay him. There's no way they can pay him what he's going go, to command. Um but they still have very good receivers. They've started to utilize that Brown out of the backfield as a big threat. And Browning has played well. Bengals have a good chance to go to the playoffs. Okay? They do have a they do have a good chance to go to the playoffs. They play the Chiefs next week in Kansas City. It's going to be a very tough game. So if they want to go to the playoffs, they got to win this game. Now, uh Steelers they have a habit of, at home, finding a way to pull these games out. Somehow pull these games out. Is this one of those games where they'll make the young quarterback look bad? We'll see. Their defense has been really banged up down the middle, and people have taken advantage of that. And Look how many points they've given up the last couple of weeks. It is very hard to back the Steelers right now. Bills should have an easy one against the Chargers who are playing out the spring, uh, the string, you know, before you start throwing all kinds of crazy names in San, in, in charges, I still call them the San Diego, I apologize. Um, remember this, when it comes to giving up control and giving up a ton of money, the Spanos never do. So when you think they're going to get that guy, you know, always remember that big guy. Always remember they do not usually relinquish control or or money. So I, I don't know if they'll get that guy that you think. Then we go to Christmas Eve. There's a full slate of games, including an 8-15 game, which is the Pats and the Broncos. The Broncos are holding on to hopes at 7-7. Seven and seven. They have to beat the Pats, which I think they will. Um, Washington, the Jets. We don't know who the Jets are going to quarterback. Simeon's most likely the guy. If, if Zach comes out of uh, concussion protocol, I would doubt they would rush him back to play the Reds to play Washington. I still call them the Redskins. You know, listen, I've been calling them the Redskins my whole life. So, you know, um, Washington has been the worst team in the league the last five weeks. Their secondary is atrocious. You would almost like to see Zach play this game because this was actually a game where he could actually light it up offensively. 
and throw some touchdown passes be, and get the ball to Wilson because this defense, this secondary is the worst. Check out, if you're interested, the numbers that have they have allowed in the last five weeks. They are exorbitant. And it's a game the Jets – I mean, the Jets have much better personnel. I don't know if they win the game the way they're playing these days uh, with Simeon the quarterback, but you would think. Now, interesting last week, they pulled their young quarterback and they put Jacoby Brissett in, and Jacoby Brissett went nuts on the Rams in the two t- in the in the couple of minutes he played. It came down to an onside kick because of the fact that he went crazy, just hit McLaurin play after play after play. He went like eight of ten for 125 yards and two touchdowns in like six minutes of play. Would they go pull Jacoby into the game if Hal's not playing well? Maybe they will. I don't know. We know that this is the end of the line for for Rivera. They are going for a big coach. It's a new ownership. They're going for a big coach. I can tell you this. People I trust in the league, and I have told you a long time, I don't have any, I don't think anybody but Kraft and Belichick know what Kraft and Belichick are planning. The people I listen to who I think know feel that he is going to leave the Pats and be dealt to another team. That They say he will not be out of the league next year and he will not be fired. So it looks like he has one year left on his deal and the, and the Pats want to get compensation for him. Now, there are places he should look at like the Chargers, because he's not going to be there that long, and he's got a quarterback and some wide receivers he can win with. He doesn't have to go find them. He can build the rest of the team. That makes sense. But everyone you talk to who who I know has any, you know, has, has really good insight into the Patriots and their situation, everyone feels he's going to Washington. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I have no information on that. But everyone in the league that I say, what do you think Belichick's going to do? They all say the same thing. All I hear is Washington. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll see. Colts, they get Taylor back because Moss is hurt. They get the Falcons. Falcons, I think, are going to fire their coach. An interesting name keeps coming up. Kirby Smart just had a huge recruiting year. Alabama and Georgia had the best recruiting years, again, like always. His Georgia team is not going to slip. They easily could have been in the championship again this year. They lost one game. They've won, they won 29 of the last 30. They had a long winning streak. They've won a couple of national titles. His name with the Falcons is very interesting. I don't know if that will happen. It would be a big deal, but we'll see. But I think they're going to make a change there. Um, they've lost a horrific number of games in the final seconds. I mean, almost, if you went through a reel of their games, you would be stunned at how many games they lost in the last 30 seconds to one minute. I would say it's probably like five or six. Lions and the uh, Vikings. Lions, off that win last week, they have 10 wins. They're winning their division. They're going to be either the two or the three seed. They're not going to be the one seed. Now, they can really have a big say, obviously, in a lot of things in these last couple of weeks because they play the Vikings twice and the Cowboys. Vikings this week in Minnesota. Then they play the Cowboys. 
then they play the Vikings again. So I don't they've had some bad weeks mixed with some good weeks. They have not been very good defensively down the stretch. They are winning a division title. They are going to the playoffs. That is already happening. So Detroit is a festive place no matter what. But right now, they have not been playing great, let's be honest. The Seahawks were basically out of it. They're on their eight-yard line. If they lose that game, they're not going to the playoffs. They had lost five of their last six. They are down four points. And you saw just an incredible drive against the Eagles to hand the Eagles their third straight loss and to really propel the Seahawks into having a very good chance now at 7-7 seven and seven and making the playoffs. They're at the Titans this week. Titans playing out the string. All right. Walker's hurt again, though. He looked better last week, but now he hurt his shoulder again, so I don't know what's up with him. They need him in that uh, Seattle offense. But Drew Locke did a terrific job. And I'll tell you, the catches Metcalf made. Now, we all know what kind of freaky athlete Metcalf has been since he came in the league, okay? He's got a body by God. He runs like the wind. If you go and see which wide receiver had the highest speed attained on a run this year, it's not Hill. It's not Ashawn. It's Metcalf at his size, 22 miles an hour. He made some catches in that game that allowed them to set up the 29-yard game winner, which was a beautiful pass and a terrific catch um, to beat the Eagles. Now they're 7-7, seven and seven, and their schedule is, is good the rest of the way because they have Tennessee, the Steelers at home, and the Cardinals. I, I think they have a good chance to get to the playoffs. I really do. And that would be impressive considering they were just about dead. Um, Packers and Panthers, listen, Packers showed their youth. They were playing real well, and they came to New York and got derailed. Um, they haven't recovered. They're 6-8. and eight. They're not going anywhere this year. Uh, Panthers are trying to win a couple of games. Panthers uh, are playing hard in these games now, so I wouldn't be surprised this game is close. Browns, 9-5. and five. Texans, 8-6. and six. It does not look like Stroud will play. It looks like for the second straight week, um, Case Keenum will play. Case Keenum pulled out the game last week. Texans are in the mix. They've already had a wonderful rebuilding year in year one under D'Amico Ryans. And Stroud has had a wonderful season despite this concussion suffered at the hands of the Jets. Um, Browns at 9-5. and five. Flacco's had an amazing resurgence. Uh, Browns are not the same team away from home, but the Texans are all banged up. So, listen, Browns are 9-5. and five. They, they have the Texans, the Jets at home on Thursday night, and then a game at the Bengals, which they should be – they have a very good chance of being in already and then playing the Bengals, who need the win to get in. That could definitely happen because if the Browns win this week and then win against the Jets, that's 11 wins. They're in. They're in. Even though they don't win the division, the Ravens win the division, they're in. So the bottom line is uh, they have a great chance, great chance to be able to lock this up if they can beat the Texans this week with a backup quarterback, which there's a very good chance they can do. And let's be honest, Flacco has thrown a bundle of interceptions. Okay, we know that. 
but he's also made a lot of plays. I mean, you got to give him credit. He really has made a lot of plays and he's done a good job. So, and he, you know, he's got a big arm, you know, he's not afraid to throw the ball and he's their guy. And he's thinking, Hey, why not me have this, you know, Jim Plunkett like year, have this incredible late run, have this incredible run into the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe he will. It's the guy who's already won a Super Bowl. So, and we know he can throw the ball. Jags at eight and six, Bucks seven and seven. Bucks have a leg up. If they win this game, they're winning the division. They have the Saints at home and the Panthers the last two weeks. If they win this game, and we don't know if Lawrence is playing, we don't know yet. He says he's playing. Now he's never missed a game. But he got injured late in the Raven game, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to go now because he's got he's got like three major injuries. Uh, when's enough enough for the kid? I don't know what they're going to do with him right now. We'll have to wait and see. They are eight and six, and let's be honest, there's a team that was really flying high. Okay. I mean, they were playing really, they were in great shape to have a big division, you know, championship and really run into the postseason. I mean, they, they looked like they were going to, everything was going to go right for them. And instead, you know, the last three weeks, they lose that Cincinnati game, which they never should have lost. And then they lose the Cleveland game. And then they lose, get blown out by Baltimore. They've lost three games in a row. Their schedule is, you know, their schedule is good after this week. They have the Bucks this week on the road. Then they have Carolina and Tennessee. They should win those two games. They should be able to get out of here and win this division. But if Lawrence can't play, it's a whole different story going to Tampa this week. Mayfield has done a really good job. He had a great game last week against Green Bay, four touch, 381 yards and four touchdowns. Um, the Bucs have done a good job. They've done a good job in their passing attack. They've done a good job with their defense. And I think they have a leg up now on winning that division and going to the playoffs. Uh, Cards and the Bears, unless you're a diehard Bear fan, who cares? Bears have a lot of big decisions to make. We know that. Everywhere. Coach, quarterback, draft order, what to do with the draft, everything else. They have a lot of decisions to make. Cards can be dangerous. Cowboys. And the Dolphins, both teams 10 and 4. Dolphins still have a leg up, but they have a tough schedule. They play the Ravens on the road next week, and then they finish with the Bills. This is going to be very interesting. Cowboys coming off a game where they just got their rear ends kicked by the Bills. When Dallas has had to answer that they are ready to be an elite team, that can win anywhere, they fold up like an accordion. And last week, the Bills kicked their rear end without Josh Allen doing anything except handing the ball off. The Bills ran for 266 yards on that Cowboy defense. So there's Cowboy defense, which will beat you with the turnover, which will beat you with the pass rush, which will beat you with Parsons, will beat you with Bland. And you know what? They ran the ball right down their teeth. I mean, they ran the ball into them and through them. And that was a very tough game. Now Dallas gets a different kind of offense to deal with. 
I figure Hill's back. Ashan's banged up, but we'll see with him. They have a lot of weapons. Waddle, Mozart. Bottom line is, this is a really interesting game. Clearly a game that can go either way. And Buff and 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 the Dolphins, if they win this game, they're going to win the division. If they don't win this game, they're throwing that division right open into that last game. No question about it. Because you know what? They lose and my and Buffalo wins. Now Buffalo's a game behind. And that throws it wide open into that last game and into a tiebreaker. Um, the one thing is Miami is going to have a better, as long as they beat, um, well, let's see, if they, if the Bills win their last two, they'd have the same division record. So they, they because they would beat Miami. So they would still have the same division record. Um, so it would be because they have the Pats and then the Dolphins. So they could still, it's going to come down to tiebreaker probably common games if the Bills win. Um, Bills have a very good chance the way they're playing now to win out. They have the Chargers, the Pats, and then the game at Miami. That game at Miami could very well be for the division title. Now, the one thing about that game, you're talking about division title, you're talking about home games. Because both those teams at that point would be in the playoffs. The Bills would have 10 wins. Miami would have 10 or 11 wins. And that game would be for one would be the would be in the wild card and the other one would win the division title. Same thing with the Eagles and the uh, and, and the Cowboys. But remember, it makes a big difference. If not, you're on the road the first weekend. After what you've accomplished, could you imagine the Eagles being on the road the first weekend? Can you imagine the Dolphins with the way they've had that lead all year being on the road the first weekend? That can happen. You're a wild card. You're on the road. You're on the road the first weekend. You're on the road every weekend. You know, unless somebody who's beneath you winds up winning out, you have two wild card teams winning, but that's very unusual. Very unusual. But this game is very, very big and, and hard to figure. Hard to figure. I would give Miami the slightest of edges because they're home. And I think they have more answers for the Dallas defense than Dallas is going to have overall. So I, I don't give them a big edge. I give them a very slight edge. At home. If the game was in Dallas, I think Cowboys would win. I think here the Cowboys have shown now this Jekyll and Hyde quality. They've lost a lot of games on the road this year. They've had some really bad weeks on the road this year. They haven't had any bad weeks at home. Dolphins have a lot of speed. They put a lot of pressure on you. They'll come up with a lot of little tricks. And then you have Hill to deal with. Hill against that Cowboy secondary is going to be a fascinating watch. How they go about them, how they attack them, that's going to be a game within a game. And if you like that stuff, that's going to be really fun. And again, as I tell you, this is the game that's a tricky game on the holiday weekend because it's if you are someone who celebrates a big Christmas Eve, as we do, um, dinner comes right around 4 or 5 o'clock because, you know, around 8 o'clock comes Santa and for the little kids and presents. So it's, 
it's right in that window where you get a, a lot of unhappy people. You know, there's a famous game that was talked about forever, as people know, that was played and went to two overtimes on Christmas Day that uh, was considered to be a game that caused more household fights than any game in the history of sports. That's a long time ago. That game was played way back uh, in 1971. So it's a very long time ago, but it was a, a Christmas game. This is a Christmas Eve game. And, you know, in a lot of households, Christmas Eve is the really serious holiday. Christmas Day is more, you know, a little more laid back. You know, you might have your house and you might be traveling to say hello to someone. But the bottom line is it's a lot more laid back on Christmas afternoon than it is on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is about anticipation. It's about, you know, it's the it's the holy it's time period. You know, the whole thing, it's a it's a very festive time. And it, football can't come first. If it does, you get, you know, you can get in the doghouse very, very quickly, as you know. And that game is right in the window of causing a lot of problems. I don't see the Pats and the Broncos at 8.15. You know, you might be assembling the, you know, toy that, or the bicycle or the toy for your kid that you're going to wheel under the tree. And that takes three hours anyway, if you're me, because I can't put anything together. So, I mean, I, I finally got to the point where I had people do it because I can't, I, I spend all night. And then I wind up, you know, with eight extra parts and I have no idea what I did. And I just wind up breaking the toy. So, I mean, I just, you know, I gave up a long time ago because I can't, I'm worthless when it comes to that stuff. But a lot of guys can get away with that, especially second half Pats Broncos. You know, it's late. Everyone's in bed. You got a couple of hours to yourself, you know, wrapping the presents or putting them under the tree or whatever the heck the deal is. The bottom line is uh, it's a different time. So uh, that first window is tricky and the game is a biggie biggie cowboys and the dolphins and then on christmas day raiders and chiefs start us off chiefs at nine and five listen they haven't been great they haven't had that chiefs offense this year their defense has been good for the most part really good and i think it has the makings of a a playoff defense the key is getting that second that second receiver and Mahomes to believe in him. And I've seen that happen week after week now where Rice is becoming that weapon, getting eight targets, getting 10 targets, getting a touchdown here, a touchdown there. And that's what had to happen because now you can worry about him a little bit to deal with Kelsey, which should open things up a little bit for Kelsey. And then maybe one of these other guys or someday, you know, Tony will hold the ball or, Scantling will hold the ball or, uh, you know, or somebody, Skymore will hold the ball uh, when they get a big pass. But um, Mahomes has to feel comfortable. I don't think he's felt comfortable looking downfield all year. And that has to come for them. And they get Pacheco back, which gives them that hard running back that they like to have in that, in that backfield. Raiders should have Jacobs back. Um, they're coming off that w rollicking win over the Chargers, which somewhere Al Davis must have loved. Um, they're six and eight. Antonio Pierce would like to be the coach next year. Is that going to happen? Don't know. There's also been rumors of John Gruden, which I find I, I don't even know if the NFL would let him come back. So I don't know. I I, I know the owner likes him, but I 
I would think that's probably a long shot. If he doesn't get the job and you know that Mark Davis does things a little differently, uh, I think Antonio Pierce has a chance to get the job next year and to keep it for a year. That's not a bad job. Teams responded to him. Um, the Giants coming off a terrible performance against the Saints. Now they get to play spoiler against the hated Eagles. Let's be honest. The Giants and Eagles hate each other. We know that. The Eagles need not just a win. They need a they need a 45-10 just to feel good about themselves, just to get their swagger back. The Eagles need to get their swagger back. I don't think – I think they've panicked. First of all, I heard a couple of analysts mention in the, po- in the preseason, going all the way back to the preseason, that the Eagles were really going to miss both coordinators. And I said, I said, well, I don't think they're going to miss the defense coordinator as much. I said, I can see them missing the offensive coordinator, but they'll probably iron that out in a month. You know what? I was dead wrong. They've missed both coordinators all year. No question about it. That's why Hertz is throwing so many picks. And that's why the defense has had the problems. Now, they've had a ton of injuries in the secondary also, which is a big part of it. And they had defections after last year. So when they don't get the line play they need both ways, they don't win. They have to have the offensive line storming. They have to have the defensive line getting to the quarterback. Now, Eagles are going to get to the quarterback. DeVito's been sacked a ton of times, except for one game. And he is going to get sacked in this game, there's no question. The question is, does he continue to not throw picks? Does he not fumble the ball? Those are the keys. Because if, you get, you know, if they get a couple of those strips and they get good field position, they're going to blow the game wide open. That, you know that's going to happen. The bottom line is the Eagles know that they really need a big confidence boost. Their coach knows it. They know it. And no better team to take that out on on Christmas Day than the Giants. So I think they're going to be looking looking to really pound the heck out of the Giants here. So this is one the Giants have to go in with their eyes open. I hope they do. I think they will, knowing that they're going to get a real, they're not going to get a ho-hum effort on Christmas from the Eagles. I would think the Eagles are going to come off last week's loss really hard in this game. I don't, I think the Patricia move at this stage of the season speaks volumes that they are incredibly unsettled in the coach's room, which is not a good sign. And that they re- for them to shake things up that dramatically at this point of the season when they are 10 and 4, I understand they've lost three games in a row. But we knew their secondary was hurting all the way back to preseason, and it's just gotten worse. It's going to be very interesting to see whether they can turn it on and really give you that one big win that at least puts them back. They need a confidence boost. Now you'd say, ah, oh, they've won a lot the last couple of years. They don't need it. Yes, they do. They have now lost three games in a row. They got their nose rubbed in it by the Cowboys. They got their nose rubbed in it by the Eagles, by the Niners, who they hate. They have to come up with a big effort. They need to run the table here, win these last three games, and go into the playoffs on a high. Otherwise, they're going to be making an early exit. 
So I do think this is a big game for them psychologically. Normally you wouldn't say that at this point of the season, but I really think that's true the way this season has unraveled for them. They have to start to believe they can make plays in the secondary and make plays on defense and make plays in their passing game when they need them. Otherwise, they're going nowhere. And then the Ravens and the Niners will play that Who's going to be the number one seed? The winner of the game is going to be the number one seed. The loser still has a chance. They're not eliminated for the one seed. But both, remember, both these teams are going to the playoffs. Both these teams will be among the favorites to win it all. Niners are favored to win it all right now. Most places, the Niners are considered four points better than any team in the league right now on a neutral field. So the Niners are a heavy Super Bowl favorite right now. And if they pound the Ravens in this game, they will extend that. If the Ravens turn around and beat them, that changes a little bit. That will be the third game of the three Christmas Day game. Now, again, uh, a very, very Merry Christmas, a safe and happy holiday, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.